welcome to the joyfulness broadcast today i've got matt rudninski <laughs> uh, book coach helps people write books i met you through your online facebook ads we, it was like writing a book in a weekend something like that um and we don't know what we're going to talk about today do we but i thought it'll be fun <laughs> absolutely those are the best kinds of conversations yeah and by the uh, time it's over we'll know what we spoke about so anyone listening to this will actually know even though in the moment we don't know what we're talking yeah, about. yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll put the title on at the end of the thing that those yeah. are my favorite well i mean this is called joyfulness broadcast so <laughs> anything what what does what is joy for you and um I mean, obviously, I enjoy writing quite a bit. I mean, the first thing that's coming to me is is you, we initially connected because you were considering writing a book. So I'm just curious, like, how you're doing with that process? Are you still working on it? Um, yeah, that's a what's good, going on. Yeah, well, so I was writing it. And well, as I was writing it, I told you at the start. So every time I'd write it, it'd be like, this could be better scratch it all <laughs> mm -hmm. um but um i started writing it and then for me i kind of fell into even with like the podcast and with the youtube in the period where i'm now is just it felt i fell into like a i don't know period more and i wanted to mm. explore that rather than do something mm. like i was just sitting in front of the for example, like the keyboard just before not writing a book and just writing um, for the medium publication that mm -hmm. I hadn't written it for a while. And I was like, I don't like nothing was coming to me, but not mm -hmm. in like a mind blank kind of way. That's not how I perceived it. It was more like, mm -hmm. I just don't feel the desire to write anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, you know, I started writing something and I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's a story it's nice but mm. it just um i don't know if that's the ebb and flow i'm not sure mm. what that is but i'm just sort of enjoying it it was similar with the youtube stuff as well it's like yeah i could you know i know we live in a society where it's all like plans and and mm -hmm. I, there's something that's really nice to have consistency and stuff but i think it's also for me i like enjoying just you know if this is coming up what what is this what can mm -hmm. i learn from it um before I write anything because if I want to write a if I write a book I'd like it to be um totally clear so I was mm. reading um a passage from Thich Nhat Thanh's um he's like a Buddhist teacher mm -hmm. really famous I think um yeah, yeah and I read it and I was like oh my god this is so clear mm. <laughs> it's so clear like wow and so if I wrote a book I would like to have it be that clear but I don't feel like I'm that clear myself mm -hmm. so first i have to be clear in myself and then um i can share it with words um mm -hmm. yeah because i know like people in the perfectionism but at the same time i can see some words and i'm like this i read it again and i'm like nah man i can see like it was pride or something like that and i don't yeah. want that um to to be there so trying to just sit back and let it mm. unfold naturally. Yeah, well, I don't know. You're the book writer here. How is that? Yeah, I want to. Okay, so I kind of like I struggle with this too, where one part of me wants to be like, you know, I should only be writing when I'm really enjoying it. 
when I feel like it's really, really clear. Mm. Um, then at the same time, that can be kind of its own trap where you never do anything until you feel like it's perfect before you've actually done it. Um, mm. And I often find something that's been really helpful for me is one of my good friends and I have been doing a writing challenge where we just write 500 words a day. And at the beginning, I'm like, you know, I don't always have 500 words of things to say. And I'm like coming up with all these excuses, but I'm like, hey, he really wants to do it. I'll do it for him. We'll play around with it. It'll be fun. Um, and the truth is like most of the stuff I've written has been really, really, really bad. Um, and I don't <laughs> share it with anyone, but the process of just kind of vomiting out on the keyboard, on the page, not literally, of course, um, unless that <laughs> happens, that's okay too. <laughs> um, makes the thoughts clearer so I think in general um it's like I would love if we if we could talk to uh teach not Han however you say his name and ask him if he was clear like when he was writing or if he like wrote it at first and it was kind of cloudy they went back to it and looked at it and was like oh let me kind of like shift these clouds around let me clear it up um I'd be curious what he would like what someone like that would say yeah. Because is it like, am I not clear at the beginning just because, you know, I'm not as clear as him? Or is that just how everyone is? Right. That's a good question. Um, I like that 500 word. I think I need to stick to that, actually, because to me, it's like both. I think it's both a mix of wanting to be clear, but also laziness. <laughs> yeah. Of- yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. It's not it's it's not all positive. It's not all negative. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just normal. It's just like we all do this for our own reasons. And it's different depending on the day. One day it's maybe yeah. it's perfectionism. One day it's maybe genuine. One day maybe it's laziness. Like there are many <laughs> reasons why you're like, I don't want to do it right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just a whole mess of things. <laughs> um, but, you know, what does come up is um, and I'm familiar with so Hawking's, David Hawking, mm-hmm. when he wrote Letting Go, and I, I did, I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, have a podcast episode with um, with Fran, Fran Grace, who wrote Power of Love, but she was also a close student of Hawking's and helped him. She wrote the foreword of Letting Go and helped him in the whole editing process. So she, we talked a bit about that and she said how he'd like, I got the sense that he goes over it a lot of times until it, yeah. like, so he writes it once, then goes over like a, what, like nine times from memory. I'm yeah. probably wrong, but <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> so it does sound like maybe, you know, going back and reviewing it is 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 a part of it. Yeah. 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 In mo- like with most people I've spoken to, that's the case. I'm I'm curious if it's if it's different for someone who you know would consider themselves like a spiritual teacher and is obviously like a lot clearer minded than you know, some like journalist. Um, but the fact that like Hawkins said that as well, I think uh, lends some credence to my just, you know, vomit out 500 words and don't expect it to be good theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. No, no, no. Well, because as you reread it, something might pop up in mind and be like, mm-hmm. be corrected. Yeah, um, it's almost it's almost like a meditative thing where you're you're getting your cloudy thoughts out so that you can see them more clearly. And like, at least half, if not, you know, two thirds of the stuff I write in this 500 word stuff is literally just like, I'm kind of tired right now. I don't really want to do this, but I said, I'm going to do it for my friend. (laughs) Like that'll be the first like 150 words. And then eventually it'll be like, actually, I, you know, I really have been thinking about this idea. And then I might like find like one sentence and I'm like, Ooh, that was actually pretty clear, but most of it is just garbage. And I just delete it and I forget about it and it doesn't matter. I like sticking to the 500 word thing and that sounds so good so you've been sticking to that for every day now? um 
Yeah, it's been, I'm not sure exactly how long, but probably about two months or so, something like that. I've done similar things in the in the past. Um, so we do, we're doing 500 words a day and then publish something once a week. So I'm like trying to balance those two things of think on the page, but also just enough of like a forcing function where you have to like be a little less than lazy, but not so intimidating that it's like, you know, you got to publish every day and you have to have something genius to say every day or you're a failure, you know, yeah. which is <laughs> what a lot of people like how a lot of people feel mm. yeah well i have been finding with the newsletters that it seems to be more like um digestible for me to write mm -hmm. like a newsletter a, a week or something like that um and even if i don't have something at the time to just i'll just take something and then something nice will come out of it um mm -hmm. which has been really good i think it's with a book i think it might be that like the dauntingness of like writing a whole book yeah <laughs> you're like oh wow so much to write about um mm -hmm. well actually something interesting is so have you ever explored around um writing a book but without having a particular structure in mind beforehand and kind of um sort of i tend to do like it'll be kind of like it'll look like it's like 80 percent planned out um but then as i go through it it turns out it was only like 50 percent planned out I haven't had any success with just like no plan at all for something that long. I just find it's, it's really hard to stay on track. I think it's possible. Um, but my like current philosophy on this is create a plan that would work like in theory, but then as you go through it, feel free to improvise as much as you possibly want. So you just know like, okay, if I followed this, it would work. But as you do it, you're going to be like, actually, I kind of want to talk more about this. Actually, I don't really want to talk about that. Like I kind of visualize it as like one of those ski slope um, things with like the poles and you're supposed to like go around the pole. So it's like, I know I'll get to the end and I know like it'll look cool. But if I decide to just like go off to the side and do like some backflips on the this like other mountain, like that's cool too. Versus just like, I don't even know am I skiing? Am I snowboarding? Am I running? Is it cold? Is it hot? Like I need some degree of structure just to know that it's going somewhere, right. but not too much where I'm like, Oh, this is boring. The reader's going to find it boring and it's not original. It's not creative. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think, well, I've been trying the no, no structure one hasn't really, I think maybe the structure gives it like, at least you can see where you're going. So it makes exactly um, more, you can see like it, it exists like the the level of structure exists on a spectrum like you can go with zero percent structure and again is it possible it could work maybe I, I it hasn't worked for me but i think it could potentially work and then there are the people who are like every single word has to be planned out that just kind of bores me um and i think you know if you're starting out at zero maybe like dial it up to 10 percent, and then if that's not enough dial it up to 20 percent. and i'm you know in that like 50 to 80 percent range um and i just think like if you're getting stuck my intuition is that you just need to dial it up a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, for, for example, for I run meetups like every week and those, I don't, or anytime I talk or something like that, I don't ever plan or write a script beforehand because mm -hmm. I don't know what I'll talk about <laughs> until I speak about, it. um, I guess that depends on the people in the group or my, yeah. but you're still like the, the fact that, I assume you're meeting up at like the same or a similar time and it's the same or similar people like that's its own 
version of structure again that's super unstructured compared to someone who's like you know i need to know every single word but that's like your version of it that's your 10 20 percent where you're like okay i have an idea of where i'm going sort of what the people are like like i'm not scripting it beforehand but i just have an idea of what to expect like what the energy on the other side of this is going to be and then from that very very loose structure then you can improvise like it's the same same sort of theory that i'm talking about Right, right. And so what about- so you're already doing it is my point. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 10%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about, um, there's an interesting one about like niches, for example. Sometimes I get this mm -hmm. sense that, um, well, sometimes people come across me a lot of times and I don't, there's not like a particular, you know, mm. uh, person that is common across all of them. They're all quite different, but they all seem to benefit. Um, mm -hmm. What's your take on that on like it's kind of a similar idea where i think like most of the mainstream advice like way oversimplifies and dumbs that down same thing with like structure everyone's either like you should have no structure because structure is bad or you must structure everything because structure <laughs> is good and the same thing with like niches it's like you must write for a 26 year old white woman from this one <laughs> small town in new york that make forty seven thousand six hundred and fifty two dollars or niches are stupid don't write for anyone it's like well i think there's like something in between these two yeah. um and it's something i'm still I, I struggle with as well but i think my general idea on this is like you pro all the people that enjoy anything that you've created probably have something in common it's mm. probably not something as simplistic as i'm a woman i'm a man i'm 27 years old i'm 29 years old but it could be a belief it could be you know shared experiences um i think one of the best ways to do it is is like beliefs um just like for example like the joyfulness broadcast um would a lot of people be interested in that general idea yes um is there a group of people that if you told them that name they'd be like that sounds stupid absolutely uh and those are not your people <laughs> yeah yeah no i see what you're saying yeah the man that's such a be better way to say it um i think the niche because <laughs> yeah it, it just gets so oversimplified and you're like come on like i'm not i don't want to put myself in this tiny box like you're telling me i have to do that come on the common the common factor i like um yeah that makes it more clear to me actually what they might have in common um tends to be for me it tends i think to be spirituality or self-development into that kind of because you have the self-development mm -hmm. peeps and then you have the there's kind of a the trend and the intersection of the two like, yeah yeah right because there are a lot of self-development people who are like spirituality is stupid and there are a lot of spirituality people like self-development is stupid but yeah. there are a lot of people who are like both of those things are cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh but that makes a lot more sense yeah thanks for that i like your take on it Instead yeah of the, yeah i think that's what i get what i realized actually the other day was so you know on facebook or on facebook or on any any anywhere listening to anyone we're just listening yeah. to people's belief systems. Um, mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. a lot of people mm -hmm. say it, it's really easy to think it's true, but it's just, yep. it's just a collective belief system. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was listening to, to one of them. And cause for me, one area that I really like to explore is the gift-based economy. And that's not something that's mm -hmm. common and very common. It's like to say, provide value, high impact, <laughs> mm -hmm. high mm -hmm. impact. You need to be making $1 billion and impacting the whole <laughs> or world. <your> failure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I really like like there's someone else called Charles Eisenstein who said he mm -hmm. he's 
because what I find in the entrepreneur, I don't know if this is just me or what I find in the entrepreneur is seen just like looking on LinkedIn. There's a lot of like, you need this language. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I really like the someone called Charles Eisenstein. His approach, he doesn't even say we, the world needs gift economy. He says, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's another mm-hmm. way. Maybe this is just one way. I actually don't know. I'm playing around with this. It's working. Here's stuff that I've learned. Let's not know together, which yeah. is just so different to, <laughs> to like the, to the, the you need this, buy mm-hmm. this, you'll fix this. But and this is the only way to do it. There's no other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed they all use the same language now on the Facebook ads. They're like gurus. <laughs> the gurus, what the gurus don't tell you, but everyone's, yeah, yeah. I don't know what gurus they're referring to. Cause now everyone's. <laughs> yeah. Do they even exist? <laughs> and it's always, something's always dead, right? It's like today, this tactic is dead. Now tomorrow that tactic is dead because if this one's dead, then you have to use this one. Hmm. Yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> there's just so much um assurance like that this is the way mm-hmm. and that's why i like this n- not knowing space and just being in that and um seeing where that leads because it often in my it, um, experience leads to some beautiful place you could never imagine yeah that's, that's most people that's- just aren't a co- like so have you ever done any improv uh, no. or like so okay so i I used to be really uncomfortable just with that general idea of like, if, but if I don't know, like I'm going to look stupid. And if I look stupid, then people aren't going to like me. And if people don't like me, they're not going to think I'm smart and I can't help them. And it's just like every, you know, false belief and fear wrapped up in one. Uh, and then I did improv, um, which like people who haven't done it assume that you just have to be like really, really clever and like come up with all these like witty lines, but really the whole, uh, belief behind improv is just being present and responding to what the other person is saying and essentially all it is is being comfortable with not knowing what you're going to say and once you get to that place all of a sudden you're good at improv and it takes a long time because it's because they don't tell you that because they tell you that you're like that doesn't make any sense but you just get to this this point where you're just like I have no idea what this scene is going to be but that's what it's supposed to be like so I'm going to try it uh and doing that for a while just like Blew, literally blew my mind because my mind was like this doesn't make any sense <laughs> oh that's wonderful it was awesome it's so cool so because you- it's again it's like done in this container that seems like it's intellectual and i'm gonna have to come up with all these smart things and i'm gonna be so witty and so funny but then it turns out to be this almost like spiritual thing where you're just like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i i love that that's the one that um so in the fran grace power uh the the recording we did together the episode we did together she mentioned like a show on netflix which i actually Mm. then watched (laughs) called it's a turkish show so that it's very very overly dramatic (laughs) like really i write this down it's really pretty good it's called eunice emir or you eunice uh, it's eunice that's definitely in there and then emir i'm sure i'll find oh eh, i'll find it (laughs) okay and it's about this um uh, a mystic and a lawyer um or like um the guy in the who everyone comes to to judge so this yeah. judge comes across this mystic and his life gets basically shattered and turned upside down and then one day mm-hmm. this mystic he, he comes to this mystic and wants him to be his teacher and he could see that he thought he knew everything so he gave him the mm-hmm. he gave him one thing to say no matter what he says he said reply no matter what someone tells you 
reply i don't know hmm. so there'd be like these scenes where someone would ask him what are we having for dinner thinks he knows but he has to say i don't know and you can see the frustration mm-hmm. both of the people yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but she said fran said something she's like well that's just a wonderful because usually you know we like this this we really like collecting information like lots of mm-hmm. books lots of information but rarely do we like just sit with one thing for a prolonged mm-hmm. period of time like even for a lifetime so i'd be like what what do you mean <laughs> so something she said stuck with me she's like there'll be a really beautiful like a wonderful thing to just be with i don't know like you said something along yeah. the lines. and i that's what i was sitting downstairs with i'm like um i think that's a really great thing to break out break disrupt all those patterns of thinking we know mm-hmm. even to think we know who, what we are and to with all these presumptions we're rolling with our whole lives to yeah. just break it apart and be like oh i don't know what's the weather yeah. like i don't know i yeah. mean that's actually quite accurate you know what is 16 degrees celsius mm-hmm. what, what mm-hmm. is it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was such a fun one to to just be with like to just for example roam around like spend a year of i don't knowing mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a year of i don't knowing don't know anything and see what happens i think that's a really mm-hmm. beautiful thing it definitely breaks down the structure breaks down the the uh the mind and the rational mm-hmm. the c- constant requirement for rational explanations for everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, very uncomfortable to the ego very hates it but mm-hmm. like a, it's, a, it's a joy to the soul i would say yeah there's just this like i imagine you're like the laughing buddha um mm-hmm. wait, wait I have you have one, one. <laughs> i actually got one i got one i got one one of these ones i, I just, love it to me that's like the embodiment of joy Mm-hmm. you like go up to this laughing buddha who you imagine knows everything and asks him something yeah, yeah. just like i don't know why you're asking me don't <laughs> <laughs> click on the facebook ad i don't know <laughs> yeah. uh, so i think that's something I, i'm learning to balance because there's still you know there's some amazing uh beautiful um inspiring qualities in all these people that are doing really well like they're going for it they're, they're sharing what works but at the same time, I can see sometimes it comes across as like, oh, rah, rah, rah. this is my yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so. think I think that can also be its own trap where kind of similar to what we were talking about before. If like, if you literally have no structure, there, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But, you know, if you do have a deep desire to do something like write a book, start a business, help a certain type of person, if you have absolutely no structure, again, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it can be a trap of, well, I shouldn't bother because I just want to, you know, wait till like lightning strikes my right fingernail, <laughs> like this, this one in this area, and then I'll, you know, write my book or do this. So I don't know. It's almost like, obviously the people with their ads telling you their way is the only way are just kind of stupid, <laughs> but reading that with like the perspective of that's one way that could work that maybe is right for me right now. I think maybe is a healthier way of looking at it. Maybe I could experiment with that. It's not the only way. Maybe it's not the right way for me. Maybe it's not right for my idea, but it is a perspective. It is valuable. And I could experiment with it. I think like the, the scientists, like just play with it, experiment with it. Mindset is it's similar to the, I don't know. It's, I don't know if this is going to work, but I still want to try it because it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, yeah. That's what I've been liking as well. I've been liking the ones where, 
I did find one way I could kind of see how I could apply it in a different way. Yeah. Um, and it would still work because these people still yeah. know so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That. Like there's something to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then exploring that. Um, and maybe I'll, you know, veer this way once I get to a place where I'm like, oh, you know, this part of this perfect structure that had to be exactly like it doesn't feel right to me. I'm going to zig this way. Then I'm going to zag that way. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you kind of wind up creating your own thing, too. Hmm improvising within that general structure again i think is is the theme that i've i think that we've landed on <laughs> yeah a lot like structures are cool as long as you don't worship them and think that they're the only thing and that you can't play around with them and you can't be like you know what i'm kind of done with this structure maybe let me play around with a different one yeah i think they're helpful they're definitely helpful like if some exactly of a direction but then to also at the same time question well, there's a different or be open maybe not but be open yeah and I, I think like like probably someone i won't speak for you but most likely you and me we tend to err towards the less structured side and probably people like us could benefit a little more from more structure but we see people who like worship the structure and we're like <laughs> dude calm down <laughs> like <laughs> you can do a little less um i'm mainly just speaking for myself i think I could benefit from a little more structure where I think a lot of people, probably most people would benefit from less structure. Yeah. That's a good point. Like how it depends. It's so context dependent. Like exactly. So one, one person, more structure, uh, one less. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Would be the benefit. That would and then be maybe I'll take it too seriously. And then I'll be like, Oh wait, I got to go back that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I took it a little too seriously. All right. I don't know anymore. Mm. Yeah. Well, I like, um, I, I just find myself very naturally, drawn to like questioning and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um being like oh, i don't know maybe same, maybe same. Not. <laughs> but it can become its own trap where again it's just like well i don't know anything so why do i even bother doing anything you know but there is something interesting though so if um mother Teresa movie is one i re recently watched it's really good mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it and she to me is like this exemplar of um trust and faith in god mm. and there's this scene in the movie where so their organization she started the charitable i forgot what it was called but their little um branch where they were helping the poorest of the poor and run mm -hmm. completely off donations from people directly they didn't want any organized structure giving them money they wanted to completely be dependent on people um and so there's this scene where they're growing and the, they, there was a documentary they're now growing people want to give more money they they have like multiple charters now and one of the dudes the father tells um tells mother Teresa like we we, we need structure we need organization mm -hmm. we need strategies um and mother resist mother Teresa was very hesitant she was like no like i like to keep things simple she sounded really beautiful mm -hmm. she's like I like to keep things like happily disorganized, <laughs> mm. happily, simply disorganized um, to keep it at the core of it, the essence of it. And, but it ended up turning into a structure and organization, but then yeah. at the very end of the scenes, spoiler alert, but <laughs> the very end <laughs> of the movie, well, I mean, it's historically based. So um, she, <laughs> she, she was at the meeting when, and they were sitting in boardroom talking about this stuff. And she looks at this, uh, she's with all these directors of, of the board and she's a lot older now 
and the father's still there, the guy who wanted the structure. And she picks up this bottle. She asked him, just she's like listening. But she's like, okay. She asked him, how much does this bottle cost? And he said, three dollars. She said, three dollars. I could send a whole a boy to school. She just looked at them all, and she said, this is over. It's done. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no more structure. Uh, there's there's <laughs> no more organization. And then yeah. the one of the the leader of the the head of the board turns to the father and he says. She's just ruined you. 30 years work. 30 years of work is thrown down the drain. Are you going to just let this happen? And he, he just smiles and he says, it's taken me 30 years to realize that she was right. <laughs> hmm. He just happily goes along with it. Um, yeah. So I think that there is this space in which there is total reliance on just complete faith, complete mm -hmm. faith and trust. But it has to be a very deep, a very genuine, a very earnest kind of surrender. Yeah where it really comes to the point where like if i die that's fine which mm -hmm. is not something that's common but if yeah. that is the case then i think that's where that complete unstructured yeah magic we might call it or well miraculous because uh -huh. you don't know where it's coming from um can can work really well but yeah. because it's not you mm -hmm. and you're, you know it's not you you can see like mother Teresa would say to be that she's a pencil in the hand of god none of yeah. this is her and she'd say this couldn't have happened with if it was me mm -hmm. uh, but it's him so that's just such a beautiful to, so to me that's the exemplar that's like what i what i more tend towards or find myself more attracted to mm -hmm. i'm not saying everyone should but i'm saying that that's what i find myself more attracted to and then the difficulties i then come across facebook ads that tell me um yeah have a very different either consciously or unconsciously a very different value system which is more mm -hmm. i might say like tony robbins <laughs> is yeah. the value system and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that that's a beautiful thing in of itself um but it makes it difficult because it makes it confusing but as i'm speaking yeah be clarified which is great <laughs> no this is good i love this that, that was such a good that's like the perfect story to like crystallize what we were talking about but i think i don't think it like uh contradicts anything that like i believe about this where I, I think what happens when someone takes just like an idea and is like playing around with something or just acting purely from their intention or surrender to god like mother Teresa is that's like so genuine and pure and then you know this small individual thing that's just pure turns into an overstructured thing and then you have like you know a bureaucrat or a ceo and they're like now we have this structure we must not break it and mother teresa's like no 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 this is not what i originally intended and for her she's just like you know let's just snap our fingers and get rid of this because she doesn't worship the structure whereas you know the ceo or whoever that person was is worshiping the structure and if you just treat the structure as just like a game as something to play around with that might work right now because it could be a useful constraint that's healthy but it's very easy for something like that to turn you know quote successful and once it turns successful then like a bunch of people don't want to break it because it's good and if we touch it then we're gonna break it you know yeah whereas mother Teresa's is like no, no no i don't care just yeah, get rid of it. it it doesn't work anymore get rid of it <laughs> <laughs> but <Yes>. we can't <laughs> that was a fun oh man it was such a beautiful movie um yeah yeah, it's good, to, awesome. it's good to play around with these ones. Um, and I, I just really like questioning it because mm -hmm. I just, do too. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tend way more towards that side. I'm, I'm almost trying to question myself um, that I do think I tend to underestimate the importance of it. 
because I'm so against it. <laughs> like, again, like I think I'm, you know, a zero out of 10, like it, I usually think it's useless and I'm realizing, I think it's more like a three or four out of 10, as long as you hold it loosely. Whereas again, I think the average person who's running a Facebook ad or whatever is like the structure is everything. You must worship it mm. and do not fear at all. Not even a centimeter. <laughs> well, one of the interesting things you said about success, the interesting one is like how we, like what de defines the value, like what we value mm -hmm. is defined, defining success and usually tends to be like, more um, quantitative than qualitative. Yeah. So I'll give you yeah. an example, like, you know, like a really successful, huge hotel chain mm. and all the successful people go there and they have all, all this delivery and you have anything you want, you can have it. And it's all highest, the best of the best you have yeah. it there. Um, and I've been to like things like that. <laughs> I've been fortunate to grow up in a family, you know, been to things like that. But then there's something completely different where like I was in New Zealand um, and there's a hostel that I stayed at, which is the most beautiful mm. place I ever stayed at. Not like in terms of, <laughs> it actually, it was pretty run down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other, run other down. people may have disagreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was run down, um, like relatively run down, you know, it was quite cheap. It was right beside a railway station. So the train I was sleeping and the train would wake me up. I bought earplugs, yeah. <laughs> but what was really beautiful was it was about, so it's called fat cat best, highest recommendation. If you're in Auckland, fat cat, stay there. Amazing experience. Um, it's just so amazing. It's like a little family. Like there's yeah. maybe 20 people around there. Usually sometimes it'd be like 50. That's at the peak. And I stayed there mm -hmm. for like two weeks and everyone, you know, we'd come together and we'd cook together and then clean together and everyone would chat and then be like a family. Um, and it was also a place where they converted vans. So there was just like um, the outdoor seating area was just van furniture. <laughs> um, and there were fireplaces at night where everyone would come together and you didn't have to pay for the meal as part of the thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone came together. I don't think they made a lot of money. Like, so they wouldn't yeah. qu quantitatively, I don't think they people, were not a success. I'm, yes. I'm doing air quotes for anyone who can't see this. That's full. You know, they didn't have, they didn't have lots of um, franchises. They weren't yeah, yeah. that, but what they did have was this really beautiful, heartwarming community and everyone just knew each other. You just, it's like a vibe, you know, you walk in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. talk to everyone, there's cats, like literally cats. Hmm around chickens just walking around the place wouldn't be very hygienic but i, I literally <laughs> went inside and took shits on the floor but <laughs> sometimes um but like it didn't matter you know the shower was cold but so that quantitative side of it yeah was a bit, if you look at it you'd be like why would i want to stay here but it's the community yeah a business consultant would tell them it was a failure and they'd yeah, be like i'm pretty happy so you, really <laughs> yeah this is how you can improve it. This is how to do that, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it was actually one of the most beautiful, like the fondest memories I have um, mm. is that place. Um, been to like incredible hotels, like, wow, beautiful. But that was like, I think that's what actually people want, which is the interesting thing. Yeah. That's what people really want. Because when you're mm -hmm. there, it's just, just that love, the community. Mm -hmm. You can talk to anyone, whatever. But then... We get told that what we want will be got through lots of money and lots of things instead. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just that 
Yeah, because I just see a lot of, I think, because I see it in myself and I can see it. I think mm-hmm. a lot in people, in people like my age as well, I have friends like that who feel like they need to do something with their lives. They need to, like, yeah. and that's a, that's a, that's a wonderful thing as well, but you can do something in your life or you can explore these other avenues and create mm-hmm. a, uh, like a pretty rundown <laughs> hostel, but it's got yeah. like a lovely atmosphere, a lovely vibe. People come hang and eat meals together and party as they clean just like dance <laughs> yeah and that's also like equally i think equally as valuable and contributes equally to if not more so if yeah not more exactly so. to humanity than the other one because the one i have yeah. for example i mean i'm not sure i actually don't understand the economy very much to be honest <laughs> i don't understand how it works so but- this is really interesting that this reminds yeah. me of i i don't, I still don't know why I did it. I mean, I sort of know why I did it. I studied economics in college, mainly just because I didn't know what to do. And it was like, I don't know, it seems like the smart or cool thing to do if I don't know what to do. Like it, it seems rational. It seems like it's, I'm going to learn something interesting. Um, I still remember like the, well, I still remember the first day of class where they explained to you just like how most modern economics work, where you start with the basic assumption that everyone is self-interested and everyone basically acts to like maximize their own, they would call it well-being. But then when you ask them like what well-being means, it's literally just like your, essentially your, your net worth. Um, and like, I immediately like raised my hand and I was like, wait, I don't understand. Like, do you actually think that's how the world works? And the guy's like, well, no, not really, but we just kind of, it's like close enough. Like they told me that in like day one. And I was like, Huh? And now I understand, like, they're just trying to kind of approximate how things work. There are some reasons for doing it. Um, but like, as I got deeper into economics, like I got really, really bothered by it, because you realize that a lot of the decisions that are made, especially, especially, you know, decades ago, when everything's a huge company, like companies literally exist to like maximize their contribution to like GDP. So essentially, it's just like, if you're trying to make a decision for your company and you're like, we could be the chill hostel or we could be, you know, the four seasons, like you are wrong. You're 100% wrong. If you do the chill hostel, like there's no debate about it. You're not even allowed to have that discussion because you're just going in the face of everything that you've been taught and your stock price is going to go down and your employees are going to make less and this and that, and you're a failure and you'll get fired and everyone will hate you. and <laughs> You'll be on the street. And fortunately, like the world has started to trend in the other direction. You're allowed to like talk about these things, but a lot of it just comes down to like the most important metric in most economies is the GDP. And one of my favorite in a terrifying way stories about that is like, if you walk up to someone on the street and just like hit them with a baseball bat or a cricket bat or, or kick them, whatever, um, and you break their legs and they go to the hospital, you technically increased your con- country's GDP because that person had to go to the hospital they paid a doctor, they maybe bought a cast. Um, so you technically did something good for the economy, even though anyone who isn't an absolutely horrific human being is like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's actually, that's, that's, I think the core one, because it all seems to be around growth. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And gr- yeah, growth at all costs as well. It, yeah, I love the question going towards what? That's just mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. great question, I think, to yep. ask. Be like, well, what are we, what are we growing towards? So Mm -hmm. what I, the way I see it is like, we, like, it's amazing. You know, everything that's happened is great. And where we are is to me, like the age of convenience really. Yep. But I don't see how it can get really any more convenient than it is now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, sometimes the food delivery stops at the door. They don't go all the way into my bed. Oh, oh, we've, got drones. we've got drones coming in for the food True. delivery. Yeah, yeah. So there's like, but they're very incremental now. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very incremental. Um, so it seems like what we're growing towards is just more convenience, more technology growth for the sake of te technological growth, expansion for the sake of expansion. Um, yeah. Focusing again on that quantitative instead of mm -hmm, on the quality mm -hmm. to be like, well, what's the point of even living and asking yeah, that question? Because yeah. to me, um, something that I'm interested in or just find interesting is like the, the quality of life um, for, for like native based people was a lot like you can more reverence and more sacredness and more connection yeah. with not just each other, but with everything, with all yep. of creation, uh, which is totally lacking now. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's quite, quite lacking. So it's like we're growing towards more and more convenience and more and more um, growth and more houses and you know better even better lives even more convenient lifestyles whatever but growing away from like each other and the, yeah. the earth and doing all these th things but yeah and even even not like first of all, I a million percent agree, but even for someone who would be like, you know, the, the natives weren't really that happy. They were dirty, blah, 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 blah. Even if you like did accept that, which I don't, uh, it's still just like, is there a point if you, if you truly believe like, okay, the more technology, the better. All right. I disagree, but okay. Fair enough. Like, is there a point where it's enough? <laughs> like, is there, I mean, do you just keep going and going, going and going? Like, well, yeah, the, so to that, to that um, argument, to, to that point, there's something Charles says, Charles Eisenstein says, it's really stuck with me as well, um, which says, so presume that even like, you know, they, I mean, the main argument really for the main argument based on the current worldview and the current culture for preserving the environment is carbon. And that's the main one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Charles has this argument. He said, okay, well, presume that we can create this technology that can totally replace it. So we can yeah. suck it in, we can generate it. Um, and I, th I, I, I was interested in learning ways to do that as well. So I've explored that a little bit, don't know much about mm -hmm. it, but can see that there's some sort of at least possibility of that. So presume yeah. that even you can, presume that you can, you don't need, you don't need the environment anymore. You don't need nature. You've completely, mm -hmm. you, that's it. You don't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so you can create this earth that's a total like, um, sort of like uh what's that planet on um on St in star wars the main planet uh the the, the one yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like a concrete planet sure and maybe it yeah, looks yeah. nice it's concrete everything mm -hmm. it looks really slick but there's no trees yeah. there's no birds there's no life there's no uh there's no animals but it's fine because everything's surviving. So there's no more mm. argument for CO2 stuff. But then that's True. where the question comes. Well, is that what you want? Or is yeah. that what we want as a culture collectively? Because mm. what we want is just what the whole collective wants. And everyone's yeah. a part of the collective. So if enough people want to change, we'll change. <laughs> mm. um, as simple as that. Um, or or is, do we want something completely different? Maybe we don't even know what it is. But yeah. at least if we address that we can be like, oh shit, okay, let's put the brakes on and just at least ponder for a different possibility for ourselves. <laughs> what yeah. might that look like? Like I, for one, like the symbiosis with like nature and like Avatar living, not, not the airbender, but the one where they live in yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. the blue people. Yeah, the blue people. <laughs> like that's so cool um, to, to, 
to support and reinvigorate nature, not just mm-hmm. um, not just plant trees and replant trees. Because yeah. with the CO two um, argument, you can actually you can take down a whole forest and you can replant it and you can justify it because you say, well, the CO two emissions are still the same. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you have instead the value of the sacredness of life, there's no way you could do that because you'd say, well, yeah. why? I can't destroy this tree. I can't destroy this forest. Mm-hmm. I can't destroy, displace all these animals. It's nothing to do with any yeah. quantity. It's the quality, um, mm-hmm. or the quality of life itself. So that seems to be quite an interesting, different direction, yeah. um, to go in. Yeah. And there, are, there are a lot of people who are like trying to quantify these things that are really hard to quantify, just because there a lot of people just aren't open to these discussions. But if you're able to quantify it, people are like, ah, like all right, like, <laughs> if y'all listen, like, yeah. if you can come up with these metrics, like the, the first thing I discovered when I was in college was, again, you have GDP, which is basically just how much wealth, like financially does a country produce. And then there are or countries that were playing around with like gross national happiness and things. And the, the metrics were like far from perfect. They were not at all super accurate, but the intention was we're going to at least try to measure something that we really, really want. Yeah, uh, cool. and those things are getting better. They're still not perfect, but like the fact that people are at least working towards it um, is a very big step. Mm, yeah, well, there's actually also something interesting with the in terms of the native people and the the thing that got got me on board on not really on board, but I, I saw it as it was was um, David Hawking's map of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is which is quantifying something that traditionally was not quantified. People yeah, say exactly. you can't quantify that, and he's like, oh, but I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's the closest into that's the I think the yep. highest intersection between quality and yep, hundred percent the world of the Newtonian world that people understand our minds can understand and that qualitative subjective world that's the closest that's the highest exactly yeah yeah I'm unaware of anything yeah (laughs) I kind of like weirdly forgot about that even though you immediately mentioned that when we spoke um but yeah that was essentially like the culmination of things I found like that I'm like oh there actually is a thing that's quite good um I discovered that I don't know year and a half ago or something because that's that's the main, um, the main, the main one. But yeah, I just yeah. it's so fun to play around with these things and just be like, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe this isn't this isn't the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The other one I like. But if David play, Hawkins had had clicked on the first Facebook ad he saw and said, "Nope, <laughs> this is the answer," then he never would have gotten there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took quite a lot for him to come to that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of moving through a lot of I, I don't know is so very fortunate mm-hmm. yeah talking um one of the things i really like to play with is um well i find interesting just to explore is uh, the financial independence and just um, mm-hmm. a very big emphasis in our culture at the moment on financial independence and that's like the value that's like one of the yeah. values that's what people sell you you know like what do you sell what's your desire financial independence is there you get it um mm-hmm. i like to just Again, not saying it's the wrong thing, but just to be like, question, for example, what would be the consequence of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and is there a different way to go about it? Is there a way in which everyone could be interdependent instead of mm. um, independent from one another? And maybe yeah. that's actually what we want and not the other thing yeah. um, is that connection with everyone. 
um, mm -hmm. or maybe not, but at least asking these questions, you know, um, and exploring them uh, is, is really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Really fun to, to question. Yeah, there's so oh, man, there's so many people. I know a lot of people look at look at me. I had one call with someone where um he just looked at me and he just made all these assumptions about me based on my age. And none mm. of them were true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was just basing it like, you know, well intended perhaps basing it off his own experiences of being at that mm -hmm. age. But it's just so different. It's so context yeah. dependent. We each go through like different things and we're all a lot older than we think anyway. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. age is really not that relevant. <laughs> you know? Like at, for example, with Hawking's at the age of three, he was contemplating existence versus non-existence. So <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Took me till three and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not really an, it's not an age thing. I don't think, I yeah. think it tends to come generally with age mm -hmm. more introspection. Um, especially yes. once you have everything and you have all the money and you have everything mm -hmm. to be like, well, what else? What Although a lot of people, a lot of people just get more, you know, certain as they age, right. And just question less and almost regress in many ways. Yeah. So it's so, wow. It's so wonky. Yeah. It, it really depends. It really depends. Yeah. So this is really all to say that don't know what the hell's going on here, but at least <laughs> be aware of it and to enjoy yeah. it instead of, yeah. Um, cause it's not actually a scary thing. I don't find it a mm -hmm. scary thing. Um, it can be a scary thing, but mm -hmm. if you move through the fear, then that's where all the joy yeah. is. It's all the enjoyment mm -hmm. of it and you can play around with it. And then even if you're wrong, even if I end up being completely wrong about everything, um, well, at least I played with it and have fun. <laughs> and as long I as you didn't, you know, tell everyone I'm a hundred percent right. Then what, what's the big deal? You just, you laugh and you're like, Oh, well, <laughs> I was wrong about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you I would probably be wrong. I didn't tell you, you know, pay me $5 million because I know I'm right. If you yeah. said that, all right, now you're probably going to feel guilty. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to, to be happy to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was someone, I was at an event recently where they said something and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I, I could have, but I was like, I'm not going to anyway. It was like, okay, so it was at the end of it. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like, again, there's nothing bad intended intention about it, but it was more like, I want you to put your hand up and promise me that by the end of the mm. next meetup, you're going to do these three things. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm not going to make that promise because I don't know if I'll. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I think um, thinking things through, yeah, making promises we can't keep and doing mm -hmm. that. That's not it's like, and then trying to push it against people as well. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a comic weight. I don't want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Promise things like that. Yeah. That's kind of constraining, but I can see yeah. the well-intention because you think that that's going to help. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there can, that will sometimes have good outcomes for people. Not always and often doesn't, um, but there are situations where someone just needs like kind of a nudge and like yeah, a you yeah, know exactly. parental figure and it's like I really need you to do this and if you did really want to do those things and someone's like hey like I'm going to hold you to it like it could be beneficial yeah yeah but yes it, many of those times it's just like hey you got to do this <laughs> but you really got to do this and you should feel guilty if you don't <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yes definitely but that's yeah. yeah that's so true because you know that's at times what we need at yeah. times also can be but i think it depends on where it's coming from so if it's coming from yeah. love 
and compassion, then that's it's fine. But if it's yeah. from like trying to force people to be a certain way, even an yeah. ideal that's held in mind, um, mm-hmm. that that's where you might get a bit icky. And again, that's yeah. something that's very difficult to quantify. In fact, I would say it's impossible to quantify because it's completely yeah. subjective. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's totally subjective and depends on the intentionality, which yeah. is just like a- And you could even benefit from someone who wasn't being genuine. If that, if that, like if at that meetup, if that was something you really needed, but that person wasn't being genuine, it could have helped you. Mm-hmm. Or even the other way around, if the person was being genuine, uh, but you did need that, then maybe it would have hurt you. So it's all just, yeah. who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the fun part. I think it's very hard for, for me these days, it's very hard to take most things seriously at all because yeah. you see the big joke in it and the, how funny it is. Yeah. And like not, nothing's really serious and to not take it so seriously. Yeah. And yeah. To, to, to enjoy it. Yeah. But I do, I do wonder. Yeah. Because, so something interesting um, in, in one of the other podcast episodes or so about said like you know every every society has you like in the past historically speaking every culture every society has failed has collapsed mm-hmm. in on itself the, like on an average of maybe 300 or 400 years was like the running the running time for that uh, society at the time uh, and the Roman Empire being the longest by far a thousand years it still mm-hmm. collapsed in on itself. Yeah. Um, and so actually to presume that our society would keep going as it is, is not like in accordance with historical trends at least, mm-hmm. and is most likely probably not true. Um, mm-hmm. And it might collapse in on itself and it probably will based on the past. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that makes me uh, like see that or really think that it will is uh, what Socrates said and what David Hawking's brought my attention to is like so Hawking's like okay so imagine I'm a brain surgeon I'm performing surgery on someone and I put it up to a vote as to what to do well I as a brain surgeon obviously know what to do but these people have no idea (laughs) and that is basically the problem as I also come to see with democracy that everyone is -hmm. given an equal vote but everyone's an idiot quite frankly and (laughs) you know so um eventually it would collapse in on itself because you're giving Mm. equal voting power to not equal truth so I think the error in that or the the limitation the fallibility is that everything is given equal weight but not everything mm. should be given equal weight. Like, um, or not everything, forgetting even sh- should, um, not everything is true. And some mm-hmm. things are true. Some things have a high degree of truth and some things are co- completely fallacious, <laughs> yeah. uh, completely fallacious and have no grounds in truth. And when you put them into mm-hmm. effect, it results in the death of people like yeah. socialism yeah. and Marxism and stuff. So what happened? Mm-hmm. People die, hundreds of millions of people tens of millions of people die when you put something yes. that's fallacious into mm-hmm, action. Mm-hmm. so that seems to me that's like one of my i think motivations to just play around with things be like okay yeah. well look probably things aren't going to keep going the way they are even though <laughs> well it probably yeah. won't so it's good to just have fun play around mm-hmm. with look if i'm wrong then i'll die i'll be wrong great yeah but if there's at least some so, so will you so will he so will yeah. <laughs> oh you were right oh cool (laughs) yeah it's more just to contribute to the to the to the continuation of uh of humanity at least Mm -hmm. in a in in some way that we want to 
no yeah in some way that we because i would like to think each each successive failure if you want to call it of civilization would ideally lead to some sort of yeah lesser failure each time (laughs) that's the ideal yeah that's the ideal and who knows if that's true but i mean that's you know that's that's the intention i suppose (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's it's so fun to play to play around with like for example like a moon colony let's say we have a moon colony yeah well be like the same things you know in the same well it's the I like moving closer to the quality of life, but that seems to be happening like with mindfulness and all, all this stuff. There's like yeah. a growing awareness of it. And there is. Um, so it'd be cool to see. <laughs> I just might sound dim, but what would happen, let's say during the next uh, a financial crisis or just a world crisis, yeah. to see what would, um, what would come of it. <laughs> yeah. would be quite interesting. That might sound creepy. <laughs> Um, no you're you're right you're right the, in a perfect world i mean it would be better there would be people more able to navigate it but is that true i don't know yeah yeah know. yeah that, that's quite that's what and that's the like that's the idea is you ideally we want to be like more resilient to some sort of unexpected like you can't control if there's a financial crisis if a meteor hits us or whatever but ideally we're all more resilient for these unexpected things like to think we are um but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i think that's where the there's a, that trend towards mindfulness and yeah um, is good because it's teaching people how to deal with yeah. their shit you know and however that will progress um i think will benefit no matter what but at the same time you can still get a lot of ego in that in fact in my yeah. experience that's where most of it comes up actually mm. <laughs> a lot of it comes up is like uh Hawking calls the spiritual ego what I've come to learn to be is a spiritual ego which I can see with myself so I can see it within others Mm -hmm. also yeah grow to recognize it more within myself uh with each day um and within others also (laughs) it's quite it's quite a common thing that that like um you know this is again it's sort of like this is the way um this is the path Mm -hmm. and yeah it's very very common there I, I see it. Yeah. It's it's a like for for example, I went to a meetup the other day, where yeah, I love this meetup, and I, I really love the the guy who hosts it and runs it, and he says these things like, you know, which are true, which are true. Speaking, they, they are true. To like um, there's teachers called Nisogadatta and Ramana Maharshi. How they what they teach, that's it. That's like the highest. Mm-hmm. And if you look at their calibration, you can see that, yeah, it's true. You know, these are, yeah. these are genuine groups, but then some people come in and, and they, um, I can see how it's then twisted to be like, this is, it's like, you know, this, it's the same thing that's said, like, this is absolute, but it's said in mm-hmm. a different way. Like this is absolute. Yeah. Or used for a different purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see a bit of ego in there. And so, yeah, it's so hard to, like, even like, just like love everyone. Okay. Wonderful. But like, of everyone <laughs> you, know, like, you better oh. fucking do it <laughs> yeah, that's so, um right like yeah, what, what's my intention what are we using it for what how do you hear it yeah that's one of the so one of the things Hawking said in one of his lectures that is recently i've been seeing more and more of in my life so um for example i'd look around me and i'd see like the world as i see it is very very beautiful yeah. and i was like okay how do i portray that and i like I can't portray that. I can't. <laughs> I can say beautiful. 
I can say profound, I can say divine, but everyone will have a different like understanding of that. And mm-hmm. so I just realized that it was like <laughs> almost futile to try to explain yeah. it. But what, what you can do is try to understand what the barriers to it are. And yeah. in understanding the barriers, they tend to dissolve. So it can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing Hawke said was like, for example, it's a lot in how things are said yeah. and a lot in what is not said and a lot mm-hmm. in the silence. So for example, in like say the Bible, even Jesus, it would yeah. be how he said it what he said, the silence, mm. and even the glances and the nuances and the eye contact and the way, yeah. um, the, 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 the quality of it, which are all, mm. you can't really quantify. Um, yeah. And that's, I think, how things can get misinterpreted a lot. Um, mm-hmm. that something's read and then taken from it or used in a, in a way that it wasn't meant to, wasn't meant to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tends to happen quite a lot. <laughs> all the time (laughs) and that's the thing with to bring it full circle to writing like i mean you can't control how someone's gonna read what you write um and especially if you you know fortunately now you can self-publish things you could hire your own editor you have a lot more control but like in the past someone might have had perfect intentions um whatever you call them true intentions and then maybe they're the editor who was hired that they didn't choose just from the publishing company was like this isn't true to me so i'm going to twist it and the writer may have had no say in it. So someone may have had great intentions writing something and you may have read something completely different and been like, this is nonsense. Mm. And they might have, you know, to them, it probably looked like, you know, I changed two words, but they could have changed the whole intention behind it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So that's, um, is that one of the other contributing factors to self-publishing or that? Yeah, that's that's one of the things I think for sure is just, do you have control over, this is the message I intended and now I'm confident that this is the one that's at least being transmitted. I can't, you know, uh, control how you receive it, but it's at least from my perspective, what I was going for. Right. 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 I, and I guess there would be different publishers, right. With different, um, yeah. I'm sure some of them would be like Dodge and some of them would be, um, more well, um, calibrate higher. <laughs> yeah, Very simply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some would calibrate, and even within the like, if a company's huge, you know, they could have fifty different editors, and those people mm-hmm. would calibrate differently as well. And you may be randomly assigned or not so randomly assigned yeah. to one, and maybe you got oh. a good one, a bad one, you know. So that brings up such a good thing. So good timing, bad timing. <laughs> who knows? Um, so something that I just see so obviously that is just profoundly like there's a profound blindness to that I see. Mm-hmm. So because of this like huge focus just this just to kind of bring back to everything we're talking about here is like real world applicable (laughs) Um, there's this because of this focus on quant quantitative and like let's say experience and past experience let's just say job interview right or job people hiring work workers um looking for like like the sheet looking at the paper um but not reading the person there's like really i can i from just from my experience with like either the employees or the people at the top don't know what, like can't really read people very well, or maybe they don't have any interest in it or whatever mm-hmm. reason, but like there's so many employees just don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Okay. Maybe they have the credentials and, but they have also, I'm sure as you get into like KPMG and Deloitte and stuff, now you'll start having a lot of pride and stuff. Yeah. A lot of, there's so much stuff. I, and 
I'm sure you can come up with lots of different metrics in like a job interview, but I would say that if you put someone in front of me and like I had a good sense of like the culture in the work workplace and yeah. like I could see in an instant, I didn't need to like read yeah. anything about it, whether it'd be a good fit or not, but that's not something mm-hmm. I can quantify, you know, yeah. it's more an intuitive, just you can yeah. read it, be like, no, nah. <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. <not." laughs> Cause there's so many, this is just, they just don't care. They don't care. Um, and that obviously rubs off on the company because now it seems as the company doesn't care because they work for the company. Um, mm-hmm. So even in the realm of business, this can definitely be, I think, applied. Um, yeah. Like calibrating people, but you don't even need to calibrate people because if as you like remove these blockages yourself, you can just read it and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, because you're connect. Everyone's connected anyway. Yeah. It's not like reading. I think reading has a very special ooh to it. Some people yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can you read me. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like experientially, I don't know what that means. It's like, yeah. to me, it's like obvious. Like I just. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing is you can, anyone who's like relatively clear can tell like big differences, right? You can tell, you know, whatever, like 800 versus 100. You may not be able to tell 632 versus 633, but like if there's a big difference, like if you're relatively clear, like you can just tell that difference because it's so wide mm. yeah you can yeah there's like a you know also feelings you get around yeah people are consistent but at the same time being like i'm always open to well maybe that's just my own bias maybe that's my yeah own. yeah and who knows <laughs> so it, is, it gets messy <laughs> yeah <laughs> overall i think there's just like a really there's like a big lack of reading people and like yeah more again more on the quantitative instead of the qualitative like yeah it seems to me like um so my dad says as well for his company what they look for is people their attitudes not the people not even their experience um yeah but actually their attitudes because then which makes sense like makes total sense surely this is the best hiring Mm -hmm. policy you can depending if it's a really good person really good fit you can see they really have that um intentionality that's aligned with your company you can teach them anything you want to and they'll be with you for a long time um if you treat them well everything most likely they'll be with you for a long time but mm-hmm. if you're just looking for quantitative, like, yeah, this person has been with this company for, yeah, great, mm-hmm. bring them in. Okay, they quit, but we can get a same person with the same amount of, yeah, our factors <laughs> coming mm-hmm. in. So, wow, yeah, there's just so so much of this around. Yeah. Um, and this has been a lot, because to me, Charles Eisenstein is one of the, the people that help, help me see things really more clearly or at least see how more more clearly how little i can see if that makes sense (laughs) Um, i like this thing where it's like it's not really what you do that matters because anything which is not just charles eisenstein it's also my um hawking and my own like understanding of it it's not really what you do that matters because what you do is just based on the value system at the time and the value system of humanity at the time changes with time like Mm -hmm. 200 years back you might be like a sleazy bottle salesman, but that's what was needed at the time. So yeah, that's what was valued at the time. But what doesn't matter is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Is that that is the thing that's going to ripple forever. Yeah. Um, you know. Probably- yeah, I mean, we've all we've all been to you know uh, a coffee shop or a restaurant or something. Maybe it's you know Italian restaurant A and Italian restaurant B, and you go to Italian restaurant A, and you're like, it's fine. Like it's just you know it's a business. They gave me my food. 
I didn't get sick. And then you go to Italian restaurant B and the owner comes out and they thank you and they give you a hug and the food just, you can taste the love and it tastes yeah, so much right. better. And like, it's just, it's the same thing on paper, but just a completely different experience. And that person may have done more good in the world than someone who started a charity that didn't do so good. You know, like, <laughs> it's this boring business like charity. Yeah, but that, I think you could, because you can, like there was someone, I was at Woolworths um, and I could see someone that, they were just there like as a checkout um yeah. kind of like spraying stuff on um on the checkout on the automatic checkout mm -hmm. as you go back but she was like very down very didn't want to be there could see it um but at the same time like i could see how it could be interpreted like this is a meaningless task but the meaning is in yeah. what you give it so like mm -hmm. you know someone has to do it <laughs> yeah someone yeah. has to do it so when we let go of the pride and we just do it anyway, and then we can enjoy doing it and put smiles on mm -hmm. people's days, then it doesn't actually matter what you do, whether you're like picking yeah. up the toilet, poop or <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, yeah. it's in how you do it. Um, mm -hmm. that, that actually, that's the thing that matters. And if we look at like everyone emanates a field and mm -hmm. that's the field that you're contributing to, um, yeah. either the, the field that doesn't care or the field that does care mm -hmm. and does it. Yeah best to uplift everyone yeah mm -hmm. but do it and at the, at the at the checkout counter like you interact with a ton of people like yeah, you're right. like just that's I... that's measurable like you're literally impacting a lot of people's life even if you just discard all the like field stuff which okay fine you want like you're literally just like smiling at people talking to people like all the time yeah, I, thought, I thought it would be i because all I would, the time <laughs> automatic checkout i also thought i was scanning the bottom of the the yogurt and i was like this yeah. is so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to just scan things. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Yeah. You can, you can just like, um, smile, scan things, speak yeah. to people. Um, just the same as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's the, the big one. The, mm -hmm. to, it's in how, how we do it, including everything, yeah. you know, like how you are with your family, you know, you yeah. can, yeah. you can wash the dishes and, guilt trip and shame everyone or you can watch mm -hmm. the dishes and mm -hmm. loving service and be like yeah i'm doing this because i love you very different yeah. i heard someone someone say something that i don't know where it came from but someone was saying like you know obviously you could look at the dishes as like being the most annoying chore in the world or you could like see it as like giving these beautiful artisanal plates a bath <laughs> like you're in the soapy bath with them and i'm like oh uh, i guess you could <laughs> yeah 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 um I think, why, why do you enjoy taking a bath, but you don't enjoy taking a bath with the dishes? What's the yeah, difference? Because <laughs> we can give anything. Um, there's something called the Course in Miracles. And the first lesson in the Course in Miracles is everything, um, basically nothing. Everything I see means nothing. Hmm. So, or, I, or the, the very poetic one is I give everything I see all the meaning that it has to me. Hmm. So, if it's an annoying chore, then it's experience yeah. as an annoying chore. And if it's yeah. a upliftment of all of humanity and a, and a task devoted to the um, to sanctification of God, then that's what it yeah. becomes, which is yeah. the whole value of like the prayer will as well. It's not the mm. task itself, but the intentionality behind it. Yeah, That's why like in the Zen monastery, you can do that also with the, it's not, it's not sweeping. It's the intentionality yeah. behind it. And so it's like mm. that for everything, even like typing, it's not typing, it's the yeah. intentionality behind it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's like that for absolutely everything, uh, mm -hmm. including 
any anything that happens. yeah being yeah. sick like something bad yeah it could yeah. be how, how it's seen as um yeah well i think there's a critical understanding to me that helps like makes it practically impossible to seem like the victim or to be really for me at least to complain about anything it makes it yeah. impossible impossible um yeah. practically impossible as far as i'm so far aware of as mm -hmm. far as my experience allows me to be aware of um is karmic debt and karmic debit so to mm. attribute anything good that happens in your life is karmic mm. debit like a debit card you've earned it in the yeah. past uh choices has so if you if we see everything as the consequence of a choice which it mm. is <laughs> everything that we every choice has a consequence and so we're just experiencing the consequences of our choices therefore mm. we're either experiencing the positive consequences of the negative consequences or in other words suffering or joy or enjoyment yeah um and then so that way we can attribute anything good that comes to us to comic um comic debit which can mm -hmm. negate pride and make it so like keep us in humility but at the same time yeah. anything bad that happens as a comic uh debt that we're paying off yeah so we've done something we're paying off comic debt and so that way, the worse it is, the better it is. <laughs> because mm. the worse it is, the more of the debt there is to pay off. And so yeah. actually, that's the mercy and that's the grace of God is to pay off mm. that debt. You've just paid it off. You've now earned yeah. your way to heaven. Great. Yeah. And you don't have to do it again. You already did that. Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that <laughs> way. Maybe you have to do it again. But if you do it again, <laughs> then you get double. <laughs> well, if you've learned your lesson and you choose it differently. Yeah. Um, sure. Of course, a miracle teaches um to choose again that's why we're here mm. that's all yeah mm. <laughs> fancy like uh, made choices we're here to choose again um and if we don't learn then we'll come back and then if we don't learn we'll come back until we do learn and then <laughs> we've learned all we can um wholly purposeless that mm -hmm. the world becomes as it said um but yeah that's a great one and then, and then that like i mean i don't see it it's very hard for me to see anything to complain about then because no matter how horrific it is no matter just because i don't understand it doesn't mean yeah it shouldn't be that way or mm -hmm. even that it's sad or horrific because it might seem horrific from my perspective which is limited but from the ultimate or from the grand perspective it actually might be the salvation of that soul and in most cases yeah. it really is so i've learned to just be like it's just something that's happening you know i don't understand mm -hmm. it doesn't give me a right to judge it in fact it indicates mm -hmm. to me that there's no uh merit in judging it if i don't understand it yeah um and if there's anything i'm going to judge it's probably a good thing <laughs> and if i had to judge it i would assume right, right, it's yeah. actually a good thing you know yes. <laughs> like, i like the one if anything presume god knows what he's doing um exactly exactly leave exactly. yeah leave it be um yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you know we don't have to understand it just presume that yeah. god knows what he's doing mm. let it be that's all yeah i think that's a really really simple simple way yeah but our culture doesn't so to bring it back um for what i found really beautiful in a temple i visited in um in new zealand was the that these monks were completely dependent on the kindness and generosity or the sang of the sangha as they say mm -hmm. the community would come in and give them food and if they didn't give them food they wouldn't eat that day so mm -hmm. but the community kept coming in and always giving food 
and I watched like a movie also it was an East like a Thai movie a really strange one and funny but it was also cool um and the also the monk you know they would come around and they would get fed by the people every day they didn't have strategies <laughs> they just had total <laughs> faith and kind reliance on the kindness and generosity of others and yeah. uh, surrender to it and i would suppose a willingness to deal with the consequences of that choice mm-hmm. um just really commendable yeah but that's like really popular in the in the east for example it's very common to you go to your temple and you make your offerings but here we mm-hmm. don't really have anything like that we have like yeah. charity um mm-hmm. which is also awesome amazing but we don't have that like more like communal aspect of it where like you yeah. literally go let's say to your monastery right next to you and you give over the food that you mm-hmm. made yourself it's a lot different <laughs> um and and you give it you don't expect anything back you just give it out of love yeah you don't really have that um don't have i actually also think that people want to give that like they want to because what i give it's really beautiful. Like it's, you could yeah. say that it's the most selfish thing you can do because it's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing to just give. And yeah. the less you want back, the more beautiful it, it is, the more beautiful it feels. Um, so I think people- And actually- you also see it, like like you can literally see the person's reaction versus, of course, charities are wonderful in many ways, but you can give to this huge charity and maybe you did do a ton of good, but you may not have seen it. You didn't see the reaction on the person, yeah. you know, 10,000 miles away. Yeah. Which, which is still is wonderful, wonderful as well and you don't wonderful. need that but it's not quite as cool <laughs> yeah, when you see it it also impact can impact you a lot more like you see that this person yeah. says thank you i think if someone was in front of someone and gave them food and they they knew that person like personally and they knew that that person was dependent on their kindness and generosity and they knew that mm-hmm. if people didn't give to them they would die yeah. people are able to reach into themselves for to like for a really incredible like act of generosity even when yeah. they don't have much um mm-hmm. in fact what i find very interesting again in charles courses <laughs> he talks about how you know it's actually when his experience and in all the he, he'd interview all these people not really well known or anything like that but very very loving very very generous and live in this sort of completely different world um yeah. in terms of like one dude literally lives so he lives in um in oakland in west oakland this is one of the most beautiful ones because I went to West Oakland when I was in San Francisco. And that was the like my greatest culture shock was being going to America <laughs> and yeah. going to West Oakland, where it's literally like um, everything was barred and there were like just windows shot up and like yeah. I was like okay, <laughs> didn't realize <laughs> that I wouldn't feel safe here. Um, but mm-hmm. this guy, he lived in that same area. He so he doesn't have any money, doesn't even have like a passport or anything. I don't think. Um, <laughs> but he lives without money. He has this like uh, community that he lives there. Um, and he, all his, all their doors, doors are unlocked. And each day, each morning they'd like go out and just give out fruit that they grew hmm. um, to the community. And all the doors are unlocked in that very dangerous area. Hmm. Um, <laughs> all the doors are unlocked and they don't have any incidents like that. And they, so he lives completely a different kind of life. Um, wow. And it's amazing. Yeah. And you hear about all these other ones as well. And it's so, so beautiful to hear that. And yeah, I forgot what I was talking about before, but <laughs> <laughs> that's super interesting. As it often happens. Yeah. As it often happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, just hearing about that, I think really opens us up to it because otherwise we just, yeah. 
tunnel vision and be like, well, everyone's saying this, so therefore that's what is. Yeah. Well, like, if you haven't been there, you just, you only know what you've read and, uh, you know, everyone, it's dangerous and people die there. And why, I mean, it's hard to believe anything else unless yeah, you've heard that story or you've been there or you're him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it totally just came back to me. So what these people said, a lot of them said was like, they'd be, so the most generous people in their experience were the ones living with nothing. There'd be mm -hmm. people in India who had like, let's say a bag of rice, which is probably a lot. Um, and that's all they had to sustain their whole family. And they have this thing where guest is God. So when yeah. they would come over, they would give them everything, everything, mm -hmm. the last grain they would give. Yeah. So it's not like you give because you make so much money and we have so much yeah, to yeah. give, but we give because we guest is God. So coming mm -hmm. from that intentionality, they're willing to, give everything they have to them yeah. and they were saying how there was this incredible generosity and actually a lot of people there's something good is said it's like he found that there was a the 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 more third world it gets or the more um kind of out of our culture it gets the more singing he heard in the streets or yeah. like in in the in the culture and i found that really interesting and really beautiful um mm -hmm. and so much generosity and there was this other story of this lady who was uh, in the himalayas and so she came, and again, these are one of those stories that like break the, like it's a data point that doesn't fit into the way that yeah. we work. And so she's at this uh, Himalayan like monastery somewhere and she sees she's there to meet a monk or to meet some master that she heard of, but she sees this, um, this, this beggar or someone living in there and he has no limbs. He has no legs. He has no arms mm. and he's just smiling the whole time. He's yeah. smiling the whole time. And but he shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't be. Like, what are you doing? You're, you shouldn't be smiling. What's wrong with you? Why are you happy? <laughs> and so it's, it's just like stories like that to totally like just break, just break, break yeah. that, that, that parent talk stories of just of surrender mm -hmm. and, and things that just don't fit in and of generosity. Yeah. They seem to inspire that generosity. It sure did within me. Like just hearing that, all yeah. that stuff inspired that within me and being like, well, that's just what feels right now and mm -hmm, stuff, mm -hmm. the other stuff doesn't it doesn't feel as right anymore um as just giving for the sake of giving and and i can all you know for example because i like all the advertising stuff they would teach you like you want to have this balance between the stuff you give away like the free yeah. stuff and the stuff that you uh, withhold so that then they pay for it which i understand mm -hmm. that's like the structure and that's how you make money yeah but at the same time for me, it didn't feel, I just didn't feel it. I'm like, well, I like this other thing where you just give yeah. and mm -hmm. isn't that beautiful? Um, yeah. but it doesn't make, but it's beautiful. And so mm -hmm. then it depends on the world you kind of want to live in. Do you want to live yeah. in one where there's more money or mm -hmm. the more beautiful world, which is, yeah. of course, I think what most of us want to live in is a more beautiful world for ourselves and everyone we care about. And the more beautiful world is, of course, one where everyone just gives, um, mm -hmm. like unconditionally. I had experiences yeah. like that in um, Burning Seed, which is like Australia's regional Burning Man. It was just so mm. beautiful. I came, perishable food. I brought perishable food. I was not prepared. It went out, mm. and I was fed by my neighbors who I didn't know. I went there by myself. <laughs> yeah, I was fed by my neighbors. The first day I came there, someone came up to me. They, they just looked at me. They're like, "You look hungry. Would you like some food?" And I'm like, yeah, uh, yes, please. Um, and they gave me like curry. They gave me plate and, and utensils. I didn't have any. 
and people be like, you want pancakes this morning? Yeah, you want coffee? Wow, yeah, sure. It was just such a beautiful atmosphere. Um, yeah. But then if you look on our streets, for example, it's a lot, like mm. I can still sense it in myself how there's this like almost like an anxiousness at looking into people to be like, yeah. almost, like don't look at strangers. When you can see like, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time you want to protect, but at other time, at some point you want to grow. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to grow into into a world where people can talk to anyone on the street and i mean that's the world i live in now where anyone on the street you you can talk about anything it's a much more yeah. beautiful um we can definitely see how everyone else is like no this is my world this is my life this is yeah, my family yeah, yeah. this is my house this is your house i can't go into your house i can't um uh, like i would i like to pick up rubbish as i walk it's just something i caught up like i caught it from my friend who would do it and then i would do it. it's contagious um, you're yeah. sick <laughs> but i was the good goodness yeah it's a disease a, a meme i picked up um i was walking past a house and i was i saw this like because it's just a conditioned response i mm -hmm. saw this conditioned response come up being like i, I don't want to pick up rubbish from like there was a hesitation to pick up rubbish mm. from their property or even a hesitation yeah. to use their bin, you know? Yeah. yeah. If I think about it, it's kind of absurd because that's the purpose of bin is to pick these to put rubbish in it. But it's like this mm -hmm. fear someone's gonna come out with a pitchfork, be like, it's my bin, get out of my bin. Yeah. Um that's sort of um the the world that we kind of it's certainly a big component of it. I'm sure it's not mm -hmm. like that. Uh, most of the time, and most people are very happy to, but but I'm sure there is someone like that who has done that. It's not a complete, you're, you're not insane for thinking that maybe it's, you know, not the, the yeah. best response, but it's, it's a reasonable thought to have. Like, I'm sure someone in the world, when you did that was doing that to someone else, like it exists, but you don't necessarily have to let that dictate your experience. Maybe that person would come out and you'd be like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. I was trying to help. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, so in your, well, cause so for you, for example, I'll just be interested in hearing like, cause you can still be very generous and very giving in your, in the structure of your business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be, I'd be interested to hear from that perspective because it's not all just about like completely, I mean, sure. There's this one, the, there's one way where you just totally rely on like, yeah don't donations but then at the same time mm -hmm. what i'm coming to see is that you can still like have that structure but still yeah. be generous in it and so i'll be interested to hear your perspective on that it's something something i'm still working on i for a long time was not okay with uh doing advertising because i just had a belief of we've as we were talking about like all these advertisers are just obnoxious and over the top and i have to do that uh to succeed and i don't want to do that that's a non-negotiable for me so i'm not going to do it um, and then I hired a company to do my advertising. And the truth is, I don't 100% believe in all of the advertising that they do. However, um, I control the, so I like make most of my money coaching and ghostwriting books for people. Uh, and I 100% like created those containers, those structures. And the way I think of it is just like, I know what this is. And I'm very, very, very honest about like, this is what it costs. This is what I can promise you. This is what I cannot promise you. Like I can't guarantee these certain things. And I just think of it as like, I am telling you what this container is, what it entails for you, what I think I can help you accomplish, how certain I am about it. Uh, and like, 
do you want to step into that container with me? I will give you as much support and love and intelligence and openness as I possibly can. Um, but this is what you get. Like, are you interested? And it's not like, I don't think of it as a sales pitch. It's just like, do you want to join me in this structure in this container? It's not the only one. I think it can help you. And I would only offer it to you if I, if it can help you. Um, but if I'm just really honest about what it is, then I don't feel bad about charging someone for it because I'm like, I am charging you X amount of dollars and being honest about it. I think you will make, have these benefits. Is that worth it for you? And some people will be like, nope, not worth it for me. And other people will be like, yes, like that's a steal, you know? Yeah. Well, that also, because I see that there's a lot of, like you live in the spirit of gift because you gift what you have learned and you help others. And then and what- I also give, like, I do give away a ton of stuff for free as well. And I think of like higher priced offerings as like someone who has a lot of money and a lot of desire, they, I'm doing them a favor by charging them a lot of money to like, to have them take something really seriously. And there are a ton of other people who are not in that situation. And then I have free things for them. I have very cheap things for them. I'm not neglecting oh, yeah. anyone. I'm not, I only work with rich people or I only work with people who give me $10 million. Like that's obnoxious. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I was also- and the beauty of the beauty of books, the beauty of words, videos, podcasts is you can leverage yourself to create things that are free and cheap. You don't only have to, you know, work with the biggest company in the world. You can essentially clone yourself into pieces of content that it doesn't take me any extra time for someone in, I don't know, in someone like from Myanmar bought my book the other day. And I was like, I didn't realize people in Myanmar were getting my ads. And then they were like, I'm so sorry. I can't show up for our call because we're having a coup. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so, so sorry. (laughs) I was just talking to some rich businessman from New York. And now I'm like, you're in the middle of a coup. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Please do not apologize to me. Like (laughs) sending you all of the good vibes in the world. And I wish you nothing but the best, like the beauty of the internet and all this content is I can create something for that person who's never going to pay, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to write a book. And I can also create something for a nice businessman in New York who is happy to pay that. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's what I was also kind of coming to um, that, that particular that, you know, the people I worked with tend to be the ones that didn't have a lot to give. Um, But then it'll be, you know, being, being able to then approach people that do have a lot. And then you can charge them very, like, Mm -hmm. ethically, um, a lot of money, because they have a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. in that instance, that's like appropriate it's not not like a big and you're doing that person a favor if if they can afford it and if you're giving them a return on their investment whatever that is it doesn't have to be financial it can just be out of joy like if you're if you're if you have 10 million dollars and someone can promise you like i'll make you you know 10 times happier for a million dollars like that's a great deal for you but if you pitch that to someone in myanmar and say hey pay me a million dollars and i'll make you happier like excuse me <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Crazy? No, yeah. Was, <laughs> i was also thinking so i had this idea just popped up it would be because of this uh we could say this condition that everyone has different mm-hmm. wealth um to i thought it would just be cool because i actually have like my <laughs> i have no guilt or shame about ha- like being supported by others it's fine <laughs> yeah um so it's uh what i thought would be cool if i had like a benefactor and then i could mm-hmm. just give away everything um yeah but then that benefactor also, you know, and just having like th- that, that sort of stuff. And yeah, I guess the, the, the internet is something that allows for that. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
yeah, these things weren't possible, you know, a hundred years ago. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> I got to go work within this really like well-defined structure because what else am I going to do? Yeah. Ups and downs to everything, you know, ups and downs to yeah. everything. Biggest up is access to information because now people in villages who only had access to the yep. other world, although they had that community, they also only had access mm -hmm. to the evolution possible with the information there. But now yeah. due to all the information, on the mm. one hand, it's very easy to get programmed. On the other hand, you have access to all this information. If there's that natural curiosity, you could probably look yeah. through it. Um, ups and downs to everything. Ups and downs to everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got a call soon, don't you? Um, yeah, I got another like five minutes. Okay, nice. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's good to hear that because I also, I don't see myself as completely, I still see myself as trying to like work out what this gift stuff is and um, yeah being open and also trying to be open to other things as well at the same yeah. time and seeing where yeah and i think i think you could experiment with it just like i think i could experiment with just a purely gift-based thing again coming back to what we were talking about at the beginning just like a structure you could play around with what like do is there something i want to charge for that i feel comfortable charging for that mm -hmm. i know i'm actually benefiting people for for me is there something like i could make that's purely gift-based that I feel comfortable with that I know I'm being generous about. Like, I don't know. There could yeah. be something you could charge a dollar for something and you could charge a million dollars. So you might, there, there could be something in your mind right now that you could charge $10 billion for that you'd feel ethical about that you would genuinely be benefiting from someone that has that money. It's possible. I don't know. <laughs> right. Who knows? That's a lot. And then you just need to sell one of them and then you can give it all away and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. Ten million dollars, you'd have now the problem of working out what to do with all that money. It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, it would cause its own problems. But... What you do with it? So, yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sounds like too much work. Maybe scale that down a bit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Ten, ten. Just brainstorming. Ten dollars <laughs> is enough. I can figure out. Am I gonna have a burger or a coffee? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten dollars, burger or a coffee? Yeah. Well. I know. Have you have you ever been to? Um, there's like cafes or um, restaurants that are like donation run. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. A beautiful experience. It's such a. I love it. I think it's it's not even the it's just the intentionality behind it, but also like mm -hmm. the willingness. Like, and it somehow yeah. works out, and that tends to like inspire. Um, like to finish, there's this beautiful story. I was just in New Zealand. Uh, this cool stuff happens in New Zealand. <laughs> um, yeah. My trip, um, I was, I didn't have enough. I went, I was at the gas station filling up the van and I didn't have enough money uh, to buy the chocolates I wanted, uh, like cash. So I was pulling out my mm -hmm. credit card to pay for it. But this guy behind me, he's like, don't worry about it. I didn't know him. Mm. Just some dude behind me. He's like, don't worry about it. Just yeah. pays for my chocolate for no particular mm. reason. And he just tells me something. He's like, I just thought, I'm like, what? Wow. Thank you. And he's like, yeah, what comes around goes around or what goes around comes mm. around. He said that to me and it was like directly, it was like, I mean, obviously he said it to me, but it was as though it was directly at me. Like yeah. almost like God kind of, because yeah, yeah. previously I had, that was the first time I like gave a lot of cash to like, um, to all these temples I kept going to and I gave a lot of cash mm. and then it's getting a chocolate, you know, although the monetary value wasn't the same the gift essence yeah. was mm -hmm. was was the same yeah and then the more the more i give the more the easier it is to give as well yeah and like oh yeah sure one the point. world didn't fall apart when i gave something oh maybe i should do that again <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
It's just really nice. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'll let you get back. Sweet. Yeah. Your call. This was fun. This yeah. Was fun. Good fun. Uh, thank you very much. So if someone wants to write a book, they should. Oh, yeah. They should go. Um, yeah. They just, uh, I guess, go to my website, go to platypusbooks.com and click on it and you'll contact me and we'll have a nice chat like this. We'll talk yeah. about New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great okay i'll leave that on the awesome jig. okay thank you everyone for listening and i'll see you in the next